Premier League Nightclub Podcast. My name is Damon and with me, of course, I have the Woodrow. This episode is brought to you by Aerosport, the number one kit maker in the business. Woodrow? Yo. Last time we did a podcast was with the great Riley Beveridge and we didn't really delve into the awesome kits we've been delivered by Aerosport, the number one kit maker in the business. Mate, I'll tell you what, Damo, they are looking slick. Like, and when I mean slick, I mean pro-grade slick. Like, we could walk out onto a pitch right now and people would think PLN is a club. Nightclub FC is a legit club. It's unreal. They look look that good. Shout out to Adrian. If you haven't messaged Adrian, uh, to all of our listeners, if you haven't messaged him about potential kits yet, message him right now Mm -hmm. because he's that good at what he does. Fire out. We're going to be using him again. And when Nightclub FC starts, Arrow Sports is going to be a conglomerate. It's going to be that big a company. Nightclub FC is going to elevate it so high that, <laughs> mate, Adrian's going to knock it on how much business is coming through his door. Wait, just on that, though, just on that. I know we've got a little system here at the nightclub where we um, send out, ask for questions, and the best yep. question gets given uh, $50 voucher or $30 voucher, I should say, to Arrow Sport. Um, we should probably tell the people a little bit of a tweak in the system today. Uh, so essentially... Love that. When, when we've got a guest on... We do the social media source. But as we've touched on a few times, Woody, it's a horrific name for the, for the segment. Disaster. But we find it sort, of, it sort of works for a guest. But with us, it's a little bit of a momentum killer. Would you yeah. somewhat agree? It's I bit, agree. Because at the end of the day, like we, we love our football, but we're not expert, experts on every single topic. So mm. the new thing that we're going to do is, with all the questions that we get sent in, instead of halting the momentum, we, we know that people want to hear their, hear their opinions heard or hear their own names on the podcast. And that's, that's awesome. Um, but what we're going to do is we're just going to grab one or two out each week when it's just us. And if your name gets called out on the pod during what we're talking about, we'll be like, you know, talking about maybe Chelsea. It's like, oh, by the way, this person had a question about Chelsea. And then say, and that one our question of the week. So does that sort of make sense? Like we're not going to be breaking it up into a whole segment. Definitely. But instead definitely. we're just going to be asking a specific question based off what we're talking about and that'll get the question of the week. Sound good? Mate, that sounds... Perfect. Sweet. All right, cool. Would you a few things to uh, do, you know, check off on the checklist? Yep. Back to that Riley Beveridge interview. We- can, can I interrupt you here? Because you, you said the great man before, and when we say great, he's great. <laughs> like, he's, he's capital G great. Just, he's unreal. Yeah. Legendary. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Pop of his eyes, yeah? The, the regulation on your knees for the previous guest that we did. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was, it, was good, <laughs> it was a good chat. But to be fair, we do owe the listeners a bit of an apology. I think we, the the Super League chat had to happen. Yeah. Well, as we mentioned on the last pod, we, had, we have to give him back on at some point to talk some actual football. It was, yeah. it was a bit of a... Vibe killer. It was. I tell you, it's a bit depressing. Yeah. And considering, considering we organised the interview, I think we we recorded the morning that, or the day of which, the Super League got cancelled. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so obviously that threw a little bit of a spanner in the works. But I think it actually resonated a lot with our listeners, and we got a significant amount of feedback mm-hmm. saying that you know what we discussed was actually completely relevant. Not only because of what happened with the Super League, but also, I guess, the structuring of the ownership of the big six clubs as well and the yeah. fallout of that Give on a, a public domain in the social media sense. Yeah, yeah. So I think like it was definitely worth doing, but like you said, Damo, it was a bit of a vibe killer. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to have the Bev back on. Maybe a season three job. Who knows? For sure. But we're gonna have to get it back get him back on because I didn't think he loved the Prem as much as he did. And it took me by surprise a little bit, but the man bleeds Liverpool and on AFL Exchange he actually did say that he woke up for the Liverpool Man United game to Mitchy Cle- <laughs> Cleary who had no idea what he was talking about no, Cal Toomey was the one that really didn't Cal was clear. a bit of a space cadet yeah. he was a bit of a space cadet <laughs> so Riley if you're listening listening pass that on to Cal smack a bit of sense into him get him on the Premier League because we want to do the AFL Exchange trifecta oh, at some point it has to be completed yeah 100%. Um, 
And yeah, the Bevman woke up for Liverpool Man United, which obviously got delayed due to fans riding, which we will get into as well. Yeah. Um, disaster, disaster. But mate, it was. I think the like we say every time the post chat after we finish recording the pod is always real good. Is always real good, and if we could give that insight, that that's almost more beneficial than the pod. And I shouldn't be saying that. Yeah, I know. It's sort of like, yeah, no, it's. I don't know. It's a bit of a dictate in a way to, to the listeners, yeah, isn't it? But a massive dictate. No, but it, it sort of sets it sets it up though. So like without those chats, we don't get say the next guest on or, or can yeah. address things that you know we get a bit of feedback from the guests or whatnot. So that, that I'd say the they're real relationship enough. builders. Yeah, the post pod chat. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, well, actually, I, no. Speaking of like yeah. building the podcast and making it better and and, and the yeah. guests having an influence. Our next two episodes will draw. We should probably yes. address this in the intro. We have here to. Because we're either going to forget or it's going to get lost in all the <laughs> other content we've got. The, the next two episodes are pretty much are really up in the air. They're the final two episodes of the season, yep. which is exciting. Uh, a guest for at least one of them, we can confirm. Mm-hmm. But we also might be doing a bit of a live show sort of thing. I, we, won't, we can't really go too much into detail at the moment, but it's mm. certainly flag. We want to flag it. Let's just say we have got a, an offer from a, a very unique potential business partner, yep. Venture, um, where we will be featured. We could feature as one of, you know, maybe 20 really significant podcasts. Mm-hmm. That, that pretty much just define Victoria and Australia. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think they're probably the wheelers and dealers in the podcast game within the country. 100%. So uh, to have us included in there, it's a probably, you know, they'll probably play a bit of a second fiddle to the Premier League nightclub. Yeah. The big boys. But it's nice to have the support from them and they understand that they're doing us a job in that they... They're helping us out. They need to set the tone. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. For the real, the real money makers. Exactly. And that's, that's the Premier League nightclub. Exactly. So yeah, I'll keep on the socials for that. Where we'll be posting it as soon as anything's confirmed. Damn, I've got a bit of a question for you. Mm-hmm. What's this Twitter business you messaged me about? Okay, yeah. So this is the last thing in the intro before we actually get stuck into some print because I know our intros can go a bit long. It's so long. it's long. Yeah. Basically, Twitter Spaces. Twitter Spaces. I think that's what it's called. Twitter Spaces. It's a new sort of thing. You know how Twitter's tried to incorporate stories. Well, they don't call them stories. They're like fleets or something. Yeah, but something like, like that. At yeah. the end of the day, they're stories. Mm. That generally speaking, I think they've been a bit of a flop. But Twitter Spaces is actually really good. Basically what it is, if you don't know what it is, is it's a live chat system. So you just go into like a group chat. The host can mute people. Mm. I think it's up to 10 people can talk at a time. But like hundreds of people can be in the chat room, but only 10 can have their mics not muted. And that's up to the host. Anyway, they've actually brought the number down in terms of the amount of followers you need to be able to host one. And it's now 600 followers. Yeah. What are we at? 571. Oost. Okay. So I'm a bit of a bit of a public service announcement. If you're listening follow and you don't follow us on Twitter, get us to 600 because as soon as we get to 600, I'm thinking our podcast is great, but we have commitments elsewhere, Woodrow, and that, yep. and so we only do one every two weeks. How good would it be if on like a Monday night or Tuesday night after the prem, the round of prem, we go live. You you or me, both of us, whoever it is, jump on Twitter and say, "Oi, everybody, jump into the live chat for half an hour. Let's talk some prem. Get people involved. Yep. Have an opinion on the chat, and we'll mention you on the pod. Might even invite you on the pod. I just feel like it's it'll open so many avenues. So Love please that. get us to six hundred. That's what we want. Yeah, Love think, that. And it, it, yeah, it's not a big commitment either. It's half an hour, no plan. Yeah, that, good. Mate, that sounds ping. Sounds ping. Love that. You know what else is ping? What? I'm calling this right now. I'm just gonna put you right on the spot. Oh, fuck. Here we go. A Woody's whip oh no oh no we haven't had one for but for months and i've been waiting for this and i can see you're about to explode so you take the floor withdraw that's it guys it is time for woody's whip (laughs) all right damo i earmarked this actually coming into the podcast because there was a few things that i really wanted to talk about and that was based off the fallout of the european super league and obviously it's been a fortnight since we recorded but Holy shit, my blood is boiling because I don't have an outlet. I do not have an outlet. And there's only so much shit I can shove down people's throats of me chatting that I can't get... I need to get it out into a public domain. Otherwise, it becomes your personality on a Saturday night. Oh, well, we'll get into that (laughs) a bit later. (laughs) However, I want to whip so hard. I want to bend over the glazers, get my leather whip, Indiana Jones style, and fucking hook that shit straight (laughs) into their crack because... Honestly, they deserve scars. Like, like 
like serious, you know, 1950s scars on their backs. That's 50 lashes, you reckon? 50 lashes. Like, <laughs> time up against the pirate post, you're a, you know, extra person on the ship, bang! Get, get the fuck off my ship. Mm-hmm. All right? And I want to whip the glazes because Manchester United supporters trust put out an open letter saying that um, they have not received contact from the Glazers in the 16 years of ownership that they have been in power, right? The 16 years. And yet the Glazers come out and say that they need to open, they want the dialogue to be open between the supporters and the owners to create a better environment for the players, for the club, and build the club in general. Yep. Bull fucking shit. I'm serious. We're not PG anymore. Yeah, no, we're not. This is a joke. This is a joke. They have come in and they have added over 500 million pounds 500 million pounds worth of debt onto this club the the green and gold campaign has been going for 16 years it is still going and it is stronger than ever obviously the liverpool united game was delayed due to fans storming into old trafford okay yeah, what, what are your thoughts on that sorry to put a hold on on woody's whip rightfully so all right yeah, cool. rightfully go on, so go on, I don't how, how much power how much power can go left astray and how much power can be abused before fans actually take stuff into their own hands. Mm-hmm. That's that's the only thing that I could see happening. But far out, the Glazers have run this club into the ground. And I was reading an article on The Guardian saying that they want to turn United into a $2.4 billion business, uh, business into transformed into a $10 billion business. I did say this, yeah. yeah. Now, how are they going to... Like, no, they are not going to sell the club. They are not going to sell the club. And I'm issuing, issuing an ultimatum to them right now. Either you improve your standing with the supporters and the club or get the fuck out. Yeah. Seriously. Do you reckon, if, if you lived in Manchester, would you, would you have been at the protest? Fucking oath I would be. Yeah. Would you be? Yeah, I'd like to think 100%. So. Do you reckon you would have gone into the stadium? Yep. You I risk your I, I, I don't agree with like, did you see the guy like smashing the camera and stuff? Like that's yeah, not necessary. That that's, that's a journo, journo's gear, mate. Like what are you doing? Yeah, mate? that ain't it. That ain't it. But... You need to make you need to make it reverberate that the supporters do not approve of the people that are running the club, mm. because same with the Super League, goes straight down. It starts at the head, and if it's if the head's chopped off, then that's when it starts to improve. And the Glazers need to go. They need to go. As do so many corrupt, money-hungry American owners in the in the Premier League. They need to go. It's not fair, and you can't transfer American models of ownership. To the Premier League It's not how it goes There is too much history There is too much supporter base There is too much love for the game That is being compromised in this sense I've got one more question for you Woodrow yep, A bit me. of a broader one Yep. Do you think If Like because we've seen the creator of Spotify Sort of launch some sort of bid to take over Arsenal yep. I don't know how much How serious that was But it's there Yeah, the Swedish dude Yeah yeah um, Do you think these protests Not just at Old Trafford but everywhere else and the you know what's happened since the Super League got cancelled, do you think if the owners, none of them were to sell, if we have the same owners at all the big six clubs for the next five, ten years, do you think all this action will still cause a little bit of change or do you think nothing will change? No. How yeah. can they change? I don't know. Maybe some clubs... The trajectory others. of the clubs are into businesses. They are no longer soccer clubs or football clubs. Yeah. They are now businesses which... The objectives are no longer supporting players, supporting fans, building that infrastructure. It is making money. Yeah, that's the difference. That's the, reality. That's the difference, and that you, Damo, that, that's right. That is the reality. And like I said on the Bev episode, it is on the onus of the Premier League, all right, because they have gone and invited the investment into the into the league, which has made. The league so much more profitable now and has earned them the you know the blockbuster sponsorship deals the tv rights whatever it is mm-hmm. the league has invited this in and now fans are sick of the shit but what's gonna how's it gonna change there are no safeguards in place yeah no safeguards am i able to add a little extension go to you please I'm, I'm just gonna i'm gonna end the whip now and just turn into general discussion because okay Play, play, the, play the crack because a, the, the Glazers have just got 50 lashes from the Woodrow. All right. And either they get the fuck off the ship or they change. And if it doesn't change, it's happening again. Done. Warning. All right, so Woody, one thing I want to add to, you, to your thing, and this yep. is like, I don't know if Damo's 
It's not even a segment. It's just... Damo's a- dilemma. Bring that back. No, we're not yes. bringing that back. No, no, no. <laughs> it, this isn't even a dilemma. This is just like... This ain't it, okay? Yeah. So, obviously, the Man United-Liverpool fixture got uh, rescheduled. <laughs> the Man United-Liverpool fixture got rescheduled, yeah? Mate, I'll tell you what. That ain't it. That ain't it. <laughs> that ain't it. Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday next week yep. in the UK, obviously. Australia's a bit different. Play Wednesday morning, Friday morning. Irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Man United play Villa, Leicester, Liverpool. That's three games in five days. Yeah. One day yet. break, obviously, between send the games. Now, before I get stuck into like why this is the case, I will admit there, there, there was a small possibility that United could have lost the points in the first place due to it being a, a Man United issue, for lack of yep. a better phrase. But let's be real, it was never going to happen. That, that, mm. That's just not going to happen. If it did, goodness me, like, oh, she would have broken yeah, yeah. yeah. But this is like, bear with me because it's a bit of a bit hard to understand if you don't have it in front of you. And even with it in front of me right now, it's, it's a bit to take in. So Liverpool play West Brom uh, on Sunday. So that this Sunday, yep. sorry, this Friday is the start of game week 35. Mm. The following Tuesday or something is the end of 36. So there's 10 days straight of Premier League football mm-hmm. over two, two rounds, two game weeks. Yep. Liverpool need to play three times, and so do Man United. Man United pl- had already scheduled two games for the first round, but they weren't playing in the second. Mm-hmm. Liverpool were playing once in the first round and once in the second round. So because of that Man United and Liverpool game, they have to add a fixture. Yeah. So Man United play twice in the first round and not in the second, as I said. Yes. So it would make sense... To add that Man United Liverpool fixture into the second half of this ten day stretch of Premier League football, because mm. then Man United would have two and one, and Liverpool would have one then two. Yep. But that hasn't happened. It's three and zero for Man United and two and one for Liverpool. Now this isn't necessarily a Liverpool issue because it doesn't actually affect them. Either way, they're playing one and two or two than one. It doesn't yep. really matter. If anything, Liverpool would probably prefer to play with more of a gap between the Man United game, so they get more of a rest. But they yeah. don't in this instance because yeah. they're being forced to play it earlier. Why does this happen? Like, why has Man United been forced to play three and five days when they proceed to not play for the next five days? I'll tell you why. Because of Sky Sports. Now, they were very harsh on the Super League, which yeah. makes... Which is fair. Fair, they were harsh on it. But isn't it funny when it benefits Sky Sports, they don't have exactly the same views. Now... The reason why Liverpool's game with West Brom couldn't be pushed back a day and then Man United-Liverpool get put two or three days before that is because Manchester City opened the second round of this 10-day stretch against Newcastle. And they will either win the league on that day or be doing given a um, guard of honour for already winning the league. Yeah. If they beat Chelsea earlier in the week. Mm. Which means Sky Sports want that as their Friday night fixture. And they would refuse to change it. And that's why Man United have to play three times in five days. Now, it probably calms the situation down by the fact that Man United have pretty much second place set in stone. But can you imagine if they were in West Ham's position or Chelsea's position or Liverpool's position? That'd be a shit show. Where they're in a top four fight and they have to play three times in five days. That Don't get me wrong. Sky Sports have a massive influence on the league. They give mm. a lot to it. They bring a lot of money into it. So they deserve some sort of st- say. But where's this consideration, understanding for the players? It doesn't sit well with me at all. That's all I'm going to add. And I hope people listening can make sense of what I've just said. I apologise if it was a bit all over the place. But I felt like, as you said, Woody, you need an outlet. And this was my outlet. I needed to get that. Can I just ask? That's actually a really good point to bring up. Can I just ask, how how much influence do you reckon behind the scenes? Massive. You reckon? I'm talking about the broadcasters, broadcasters' influence on dictating the future fixtures. Massive. So big that I actually think, all right, the Champions League, Europa League, FA Cup do have influence over fixture changes. But have you noticed how in a lot of other sports, what other sports have fixtures coming out three weeks beforehand? Like the AFL here in well, they, Australia, we've they're doing it to now. a rolling fixture. Yeah, yeah, due to COVID and stuff to keep mm. it flexible. But before that, that would never happen. No. And look, I think it still benefits fans to have, say... You know, don't get me wrong, Man City winning the title on Sky Sports on a Friday night is good. It's good viewing. It is good viewing. 
and it would just be like Man United playing Chelsea last season on a Monday night when they didn't really need to. But mm. they wanted it as a sole fixture. These big games do tend to be sole fixtures because of Sky Sports. And that's okay. I think that still benefits the people who have Sky Sports. Of course, they want to watch those games. It mm. makes sense. But I think then there needs to be a bit of a line where it's like, well, hang on. Like, surely the benefit of the league comes before the benefit of the broadcaster. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I think considering United also play, I mean, we, we'll be watching the game tomorrow, the, the Europa game. League game. Mm-hmm. Considering they'll be playing four times in eight days, like four times in eight days, that is crazy. Mm. That's crazy. It is crazy. And I, and I get that it was self-inflicted by the fans a little bit, but there has to be some sort of... I, I, yeah, it annoys me that there's five days after the Liverpool game. Yeah. If there was another game on the weekend, you just say, look, that's the reality. That's what has to happen. But it doesn't have to happen. Mm. You could just change one or two fixtures and United would play four in 11 days. That ain't it. It ain't it. Crazy stuff. No. Nah. Crazy stuff. Money talks. Money talks. Supporters walks. That's a good one, actually. You like that one? Money talks. Supporter walks. I definitely did like it. Right. I reckon we need more sayings like that 100%. on the podcast. We need to come up with a few more rhymes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, give me a few days to work on it, though. Don't drop it on me. <laughs> uh, the one I've liked most recently is that it's been real. It's been good. just hasn't been real good. <laughs> I like that one. That's a good one. We need, we, need to, we need some shit like that. Damo, do you want to, do you want to inject yes, this? Speaking in, of shit. <laughs> speaking of complete trash. Should we get stuck into some sweet, sweet drunk talk? With sweet, sweet drunk talk. That's just drunk talk. Sweet, beautiful drunk talk. All right, Woody. So this, this, the segment's actually really kicked off. People really like it. And Love I, it. I actually probably really enjoyed thinking about it as well. And I had like two or three questions that I could have proposed to you. Uh, posed to you, I should say, today. And I've picked one. Can I, may I ask... That we actually, you can hit me with your two. So you start, I'll do one, then you hit me with your second one. Nah, nah, it's all right. I want to keep it for next week. Oh, uh, okay. Or next In a fortnight, fortnight, when we have a yeah. guest, yeah, yeah, it's when right. we don't do it. <laughs> okay, sure. Okay, so basically my, my drunk talk question is, mm. I don't know how into boxing you are, Woodrow, but I, I'm not really into it that much. I don't know too yeah. much about it. But I know that, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Logan Paul had a bit of a good fight the other, the other week. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it he, wasn't a good fight. It was a shit fight. Yeah, but, but he won. He yeah. won and he wasn't expected to. Okay. So anyway. No, he was. He was expected? The guy who he played, who, who boxed against was clearly unfit and took the piss. He okay. was smiling after his loss right. and was happy with the money he got. All right. And also correct me if I'm wrong. Is a very, very good boxer about to come up against him now? Yeah, Floyd Mayweather. Correct. Probably the best of all time. I heard Floyd Mayweather talking about this a couple of days ago, and he was basically saying that, because obviously he's retired now, comes out of retirement, and he said he'd rather do this against like a YouTuber because he can take the piss and get like a hundred million. Yeah. Compared to do a proper fight against a boxer and get like thirty-five million. That was what he, what he said. I heard, and I was I thought it was interesting, and I started thinking, if you could put the gloves on against any Premier League player, yeah, who would you go against and why? And and I want I want to know like. You've got like, you, you can choose. You can take it super seriously and train for it for like a year. Yeah. Or you can do it tomorrow if you think you can beat him straight away. Mm. Or maybe you have some weird thing where you want to be beat up by someone. I don't know. Maybe you're into okay. that. But I'm just saying like, who would you fight? Are we going for like prime box office sort of areas? It's up to you. You can, you can, you can not care about the views and just pick some guy you hate who plays in the reserves for a team. I don't know. You pick whoever you want. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have to try and pick some like sort of flimsy winger. Yeah. Okay. So you're going for a win. Rather than Going for a win, oh, you know, mate, you know me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I is not, I do not play to lose. Right. I don't care what level it is or what it is. I don't play to lose. Agreed. I go. I'm trying to think of the skinniest person, skinniest and shortest person there is in the prem, that isn't super fast. Mm. I reckon Riyad Mahrez is a bit of a twig. Yeah, but he's got a bit of mongrel in him, sort of. Not really, I guess. Uh. The, oh, the weakest person in the league. Hmm. 
go look up their strength on film. I reckon you have to go for a South... Yeah. Oh, do you go for a South American? South Americans are feisty. You mm. can't go for anyone that's English or Irish or Scottish because they're brutal. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And Welsh, we all know they're gypsies. Like, they're actually gypsies. Like, yeah, go easy on that. We don't want to get banned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> just take it easy there. Um, and well, the Welsh native language sounds like dog shit as well. So. <laughs> Come on, give me an answer. <laughs> oh, I can read Mara's, read Mara's. All right, read Mara's, fair. Yeah. Fair. Yep. Right. Wait, so you got, you got any ideas for yourself? Uh, I was I was going to say, if he was still in the Premier League, I would have taken Dean Maria because I think he's just got... He'd go time. down soft. Yeah. He he would, would, I would have said right Alexis right. Sanchez, actually. Yeah, that's true. Because he's well. weak. Actually, speaking of this, we did flag at the start of the episode that mm. with... The questions we'll put out thing for questions and yep. i know woody you've got your drunk talk question now but i thought this question that we got sent in was really good for a drunk talk question as well yeah and it, it does mention Dean maria so at wombi four six 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 four uh ej david yep he goes would you rather have a ro- rolling race down a hill with namor neymar or go grape stomping with Dean maria now obviously that's referring to the recent antics in the champions league yep. against uh, manchester city Thought that was the que- best question we got for the week. So I like that question. EJ David, congratulations! You've won yourself thirty dollars voucher to Arrow Sport. And Woody, I thought we'd answer it now, just quickly. I, I think I'm going. I'm going stomping with. Uh, oh, sorry, I'm going. Oh. I'm trying to approach this with like, who would I rather have a beer with? Because he's definitely referring to the yeah ordinariness of, as yeah. blokes. So Depends. I, is Neymar's sister coming along to the beer afterwards? That's true. I, no, I is she greeting you at the bottom of the hill? With Neymar, I think you'd go with Neymar. Demery is just. Oh. All right, Demery is... Okay, let me say, rolling down the hill is a shit activity. Yeah. Built for four-year-olds. So if you go grape stomping with Demaria, you're sitting at a winery afterwards. That's true. Drinking feet juice. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) No, no. Like, you you probably sit at a winery. So I reckon for the experience, you'd go Demaria. But competitiveness, you'd probably go Neymar. Yeah, I think like... Yeah, I'm going Neymar. I think you can cop that. I'd go Neymar. Yeah, done. Yeah. All right, what are you hitting with your drunk talk question? My drunk talk... All right, so... My drunk talk... You know when you're out at a club or you're out at a bar and you just sort of see someone cracking onto someone else but it's very unsolicited? Okay, yeah. yeah. Not to the point where it's, you know, um, harassment, but the point where, like, for Read example... Read the room if, a little bit, mate. If you're, if you're out in a group and someone is coming up to you, breaking up a group environment and cracking onto you, that's just where you're a bit like... Just get out of my face yeah, areas. Yeah, like, yeah. what are you doing? I'm not here for that. Yeah. And I reckon I see this every single time I go out. And I don't know if that's just because there are so many bachelors in Melbourne, so many, like, just so many professional sports players in Melbourne. I'm not quite sure. COVID probably created a Brings lot more it out. single people as well. Yeah. And, like, some of the lengths that they go to is just ridiculous just to get noticed. Just to get noticed. Okay. And my question, Damo, is if there was a Premier League player in town, mm-hmm. what lengths would you go? What's what's the most outrageous thing you would do to get noticed by them? Let's say, let's say Bruno Fernandez is in town. Mm. What is the greatest length that you would go to to get him on the pod? Well, first of all, like. You'd, you'd probably assume he's in Sydney. Let's just assume that. Yep. So I'd fly wherever he was in the, in yep. the country, if, whether it was. So you'd fly there. Um, I think let's, if he's being Bruno specific, he's probably a bit more of a family man than, say, your younger players who might be mm-hmm. more inclined to go to a nightclub. I feel like the nightclub scene would be easier to, say, catch up with them casually. You just sort of have to hunt down where they are. And but do you think that they'd club. be stuck in a VIP section? Perhaps, but like... And would you I'd throw be, drinks at them? I'd be more than willing to launch myself over the road <laughs> into the thing. And just and like, before security take me out, just like, be like, bro, like 100%, like, come on the pod. And like, because I feel like... Just, m- just whisper in his ear, yeah. come on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> and just leg it. <laughs> yeah, so I think, I think I'd be like, if it was a nightclub scene, 100%, I'd just like make a fool of myself. Like, what do you got to lose? Like, yeah. who cares? You're never going to do it again. But if it was like... Yeah, you, you, got, you got to hunt down Bruno Fernandes having dinner with his family in like Sydney Harbour or something. That ain't it. That'd be like, I reckon I'd probably go up to like the waiter and be like, hey mate, you know, instead of like, I don't, I'd pay for his dinner or something, which would obviously be really dumb because he makes more yeah. money a minute than I do a year. But do you do you risk a fine 
to get him. Yeah, 100%. How much would you be willing to pay in a fine of an unsuccessful attempt? Unsuccessful attempt. Oh, maybe. Because like storming a pitch is seven and a half grand, for example, in fines. So how much do you risk? No, I wouldn't like, do that. I wouldn't risk that. How much, how much would you pay for a failed attempt? That's, that's, that's... Well, did I get to talk to him? And then he was just like, fuck off. Let's say you talked... <laughs> let's say... Let's say you talk to him for 15 seconds and it's ambiguous whether he comes on or not. How much do you pay for that opportunity? A couple hundred bucks. See, I'd, I reckon I'd pay anywhere up to five grand. Yeah, fair enough. I guess there's that element of like pride that I don't want to lose completely. Even though I said I would jump over a rope at a club. I don't know. I feel like the pride <laughs> thing is important. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, want to, do you want to hit me with your second question? No, no, no. I'm saving. I'm saving. Are you sure? Well, yeah. Like we're doing okay for time. No, no, it's all good. We need to move on, mate, because we need to actually get stuck into the fact that it's an all English Champions League. Yeah, fuck that. Win. All right. <laughs> 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 all right. No, no, drunk talk will be back in it next. Maybe we should do drunk talk with a um. I guess. Guest. Yeah. That, Bev like, would have been funny to do drunk talk. With. Yeah, hundred percent. It's, it's like the people's favorite segment at the <laughs> yeah. moment. So we're hundred percent. Get the next guest involved with that if they are up for it. So, Woody, do you want to get stuck into some winners and losers? Play the soundtrack, mate. Oi, did someone say winners and losers? Sure did, mate. Inject that. Yeah, hook that shit. Because, essentially, <laughs> we've got an all-English Champions League final. So, I've noticed that on the sheet here, because I can see who your winner is. You haven't put... The other team, but I'm going to talk about Chelsea as much. I'm putting the I'm, no way. I'm putting the other team. Right, to be on. fair, the next two episodes are probably going to be all about them anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, go on. Go all on. right, Chelsea Champions League final, FA Cup final, top four favorite out of the people race uh, clubs racing for it. Like, what more can you say? Yeah, what an achievement for Thomas Tuchel and his team. Like, before Christmas, you could honestly say that they were probably the sixth best team in England. You'd, you'd have yeah. Liverpool in front of them based off you know, just the fact they've got. They're that Points good. in the bank. Yep. Man United were playing better. Man City were playing better. Tottenham were playing better. And Leicester were playing better. And you could almost argue that West Ham were playing better. Oh, actually, just before... just They just started their run before yeah. Christmas. Generally speaking... Yeah, sixth best. Sixth best. Like that. But now, they've gone on a massive run. They've only mm. lost one in their last 10 Premier League matches, and that was that weird 5-2 loss to West Brom. They do have a pretty rough finish to the season. City, Arsenal, Leicester and Villa. However, they have three points in hand on West Ham and five on Spurs. And I think seven on Liverpool, potentially. Maybe yep. six. But Liverpool have a uh, game in hand. Mm. But I think Chelsea will do enough. They're a good team. They should beat Arsenal and they should beat Villa, at least. Uh, so I think they've done enough to finish top four. If they win the FA Cup, That'd be a successful season. And then they've also got the Champions League, which obviously they're not going to go in favourites to, but unbelievable. You want to flag that 1-0 result against West Ham two weeks ago? Clutch. Massive, massive win. Clutch. Massive win. Like, I probably didn't even realise at the time. And obviously, West Ham had a few players out. They've got Creswell and Antonio back to last weekend. But I reckon West Ham injuries have just caught up with them. And now Chelsea are going to finish fourth. My prediction. Finish fourth. Win the FA Cup. And I think they'll lose the Champions League final. I think. Yeah. Woodrow, who's you, your winner? Can you see him winning? I can see them winning. I can't. No uh, way. It's big? just too much of fairy tale. Fair I can't say it. City of fairy tales. Who's your winner, Woodrow? My winner has, like, I could have put City. City was an easy choice. But if, you, if I delve a little bit more into the landscape of the season, I have to go Leicester. And I think they've really gone, they've gone under the radar big time. For us this season We haven't talked about them Nearly as much As probably what we should have Because we're not recognising How good they are At the moment Sustained And the reason why We're not recognising How good they are At the moment Because we are just We're automatically Putting them in To probably the top Five or six clubs In the the league Mm -hmm. If we're being real And look Like I said They haven't received Enough praise from us This season But they need to be mentioned And probably put on a pedestal On this point Because they're likely Going to finish third This season Which is going to be Their highest finish since they won the title in 2015. Mm-hmm. Okay. We need to keep in mind that for most of last season, they were second. Okay. And they were genuine top four competitors until they had that ugly run of injuries after the new year. That sort of stagnated them a little bit. Mm-hmm. But up until the new year, they were right there. 
they were right there with the Blades as well in what was an ugly-looking top four. Yeah. Right? They have gone under the radar because they have now implemented... They've supplanted themselves as a genuine contender for top four for the next few seasons. And the reason why I say that is because they have shown their ability to retain players like Jimmy Madison and Tillemans despite big offers coming from big clubs. Mm. Okay? They have the personnel to replace big exits. Like Chilwell. Like Chilwell. Like mm-hmm. Maguire. Mm-hmm. And look who they've got, all right? Fofana. What a beast. Yeah, I know. That's what a nuts. beast. All right? Players like James Justin, they come through. These guys, are, these guys are untalked about heroes, but they play their part in a long, long season in a squad that is severely undermanned, I think, compared to what your regular top six are in terms of strength. Yep. All right? Even so, Andrew, the, the, what he, the way he has played after that Maguire exit, he's filled a gap that no one thought he would. The way they revived Johnny Evans' career. This stuff doesn't go talked about enough, right? They have been amazing. Their squad value is like 475 million euros. They would have spent not even under, over 100, I reckon. No way. And they have made money. They have made money. That's the thing. Yeah. And to, to think that, that's ridiculous. Their top four competitors, the cheapest squad out of all of them is relative, which is West Ham. All right, and that's that's saying something as well. This is a team that is built by off-pitch excellence. The right owners, the right staff, the right coach. Excellent training facilities. Excellent well. training facilities. They have invested in their off-pitch facilities, their intangibles, their management, their coaching staff, their facilities, their youth. These are these are the things that they have invested in, and boy, it is playing like it, paying dividends on the field. Because look at where they are. They're top four, and they're going to stay there. They are not dropping out of the top four this season, all right? I think they are genuinely going to be at a high level for the next two or three years. And they are they have flown under the radar because you see everyone says, you know, teams have top four have bad seasons. The top six have bad seasons. Leicester's had a genuinely amazing season, but they've backed that up with things that have are gonna allow them to stay at that level for so long. The fact that these players are bought into a culture, they're bought into this club of that are trying to achieve excellence and disrupt the top the top six they've done that and they're gonna stay there and i hope they stay there so that's my winner i've dragged on a bit damo but no, who I, is i think I'll, before i say who my loser is i just yep. want to say brandon rogers as well i think it's interesting i i think we can talk about tottenham in a bit but i think history would suggest that a leicester city manager who has proven himself to be a fantastic manager and mm. proven in the premier league if tottenham were manager less like they are mm. you'd expect that Almost instantly, Brennan Rogers to Tottenham has to happen. Now, it's a downgrade. It's a genuine downgrade. Genuine and look, downgrade. we might, you know, this might come back to haunt us. Who knows? He might be there next season. I know he's probably in the top five favourites in the bookies. But I think, like, the fact that it's not a dead set certainty yeah. is credit to Leicester. Absolute credit to Leicester. Well, why would you leave them? Yeah, I know. That's o- the thing. Also, they're very, like... It's a good place to be. If you're, if you're a 16-year-old and you're at the Leicester Academy and you're thinking, you know, I could break into the first team soon, but, but you're a really good player and suddenly one of the big clubs comes for you or even just another Premier League club who you might think you'd be able to get game time quicker, it's like, well, hang on a minute. Look what Jimmy Madison's done. I know he came from Norwich, but like these sort of young guys that come through mm-hmm. and it's like, you know what? Maybe I'll stick around. Maybe yeah. I'll stick around for a little bit longer yeah. and you get an extra two or three seasons out of these guys. Mm-hmm. That instead of finishing, say, like, 8th, ninth, and then just as they're about to explode, go to another club, they explode at Leicester. Exactly. And Leicester benefit from them because they get an extra $30 million on top of what they would have sold mm, the year especially before. Especially if they're English. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. Yep. Set it up really well. And Woody, to answer your question that you were going to ask, my loser is Fulham. Now, we haven't actually spoken about Fulham that much this season. I mean, rightfully so. They haven't really done much to warrant Premier League nightclub content. But... <laughs> Fed up. Yeah. Yep. Good. You have to feel sorry for Scott Parker. He had Fulham playing some decent football, but they just don't know how to get results, and they're going to go down for it. Fulham have lost 10 points from goals conceded in the last 15 minutes of games, and they've only gained one. And in the end, that's going to be the difference between them staying up or going down. I actually read a really interesting piece during the week about them because I, I, you know, you're one of those things where it's like, geez, these guys are conceding late. I wonder if it's just me or it's fact. Mm. And it is fact mostly. But it's a, it was a really interesting piece I was reading. 
Fulham conceded four goals in the first 10 minutes of games in the first six matches of the season, yeah? Scott Parker, after that, completely flipped the lineup, changed everything. And over the next 27 games, they only conceded twice in the first 10 minutes. So there's clearly not just a mentality change, but also a tactical change and a personnel change. Because to symbolise it, if you will, they played Arsenal last week. There was only, and they also played Arsenal in the first game of the season. There was one player that started both games. So from the first game of the season to the 34th, they changed 10 players of that starting lineup. That's pretty mm. remarkable. Yeah. I know a lot can change in that time, but generally speaking, as at least two, three, four, six or seven at time players mm. that played the whole season. Agreed? Yeah. So that just goes to show that there's a big flip in personnel. Do you think do you think that comes from aggression of trying to stay in the league? A little bit, a little bit. I think yeah, you, you there's these players are under no delusions like if you, if you're losing your first six games or not getting wins, like you know, yes, okay, there, there has yeah, to yeah. be a bit of a Let's lift, boys. But at the same time, Scott Parker didn't just sit there and hope for the best. He, he's been proactive about it. And that's why I yeah. feel sorry for him because it's, it's almost like those goals have gone from the first 10 minutes and now they're starting to creep into the last 10 minutes or last 15 minutes, as I said earlier. So I feel for them, but I fully expect them to come back up. I think if you had to look at it, they're probably the 15th best team in the league, maybe mm. 16th. I think of being a bit harsh or maybe Brighton. But I'd probably have Newcastle, Burnley... And Southampton, to be honest, all yeah, worse teams than Fulham. Mm. And obviously Sheffield United and West Brom are below them. But So I think, yeah, 15th, 16th best teams. So I think they'll come back up, especially if they can hold a few players. Personnel-wise, they're not amazing players, but they played really well this season. They just couldn't get results. Could not get results. So, so, yeah. so, the, these three teams that you just reeled off, Newcastle, Burnley, Southampton, the way the Southampton started the season... They were flying. Flying. <laughs> they, were, they were top 10 consistently for the first, uh, what, They were top of the weeks? league after like six or seven weeks, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, but then, mate, Christmas shut on them. Yeah. Gone. Newcastle, don't know how they're still in the league. They continue they to a joke. out results, yeah. It's a joke. I, to be honest, I can fans will be praying that they go down because that's the initiate only way to be sold. Initiate yeah. change, yeah. And All Burnley, right. you know my thoughts on Burnley. Woodrow, Yo. who's your loser? All right, my loser is Tottenham. Now, we haven't talked very much about Jose's exit. Yeah, that's a fair point. We haven't, because just I think the run of pods that we've had... the reason why we need Twitter spaces. Go on. Exactly, exactly. So I'm going to keep this really short because, like, it, it's, not, it's not great. <laughs> they bring in Jose as a manager with title-winning experience. They probably get rid of the most um, uh, culturally, cultural, culturally beneficial manager that they've had. Right, in Poch. I think he created the best atmosphere at Tottenham with what he had to work with. Mm-hmm. To bring in a toxic manager with proven, in italics, winning experience. Not recent, but proven. They spend money to strengthen their squad. They lure Harry Kane back, I think, with the promise of a title, with the promise of a better squad, with the promise of support, and with the promise that they're going to get trophies. Mm-hmm. They sack the manager a week before their best chance at winning silverware in years. And that's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that their chance to win the cup this year was better than the chance of winning the Champions League because personally, I think Liverpool, like, were a league of their own that year. Yeah. Like, no one ever thought Tottenham were going to win the Champions League. I don't think Tottenham players ever thought they were going to win the Champions League. Mm-hmm. What a debacle. So within the space of a week, they have gone no Champions League almost secured. No Europa League, no trophies, no hope. Super League disaster. Soon to be no Harry Kane, sacked coach, lost final. Some things do not change and some clubs just stay shit. Tottenham is one of those clubs. You know what I find funny about it, yeah? If you, if you were Liverpool, if you were Man City and someone said to them, you know, take Man City. Let's take Man City and Chelsea for example, making the Champions League final. If someone came up to them and said, "You guys aren't allowed to have your managers for this Champions League final," Pep and Tuchel—they've been kidnapped and they can't—they can't do their job for yeah. this Champions League final. But you get to pick any manager to to take you for one game for the final. I they might not pick him easily, but I can guarantee you, Jose Mourinho is in the conversation. And Tottenham go and sack him. Before literally, as you said, 
the one chance that it, it makes no Baffling. sense. Baffling. Baffling. Gets into a final. Yeah. And they sack him. <laughs> Tottenham. Unreal. <laughs> Damo, we've we've had a bit of fluff. Mm-hmm. Won't lie. But we've had some really deep chat. And I think it's time for probably the deepest chat that we have on every single podcast when it's just us two. It's it's really the hype of the episode. It probably <laughs> it's the shoulders on which it's the foundations on which the podcast has been successful. Mm-hmm. And that is the money maker. It's the moolah man. It's Damo's dollars. It's back. Bring it in. Show me the money. All right, so Woody, before I get started, actually, you know what? I've got a smile on my face. No, you don't. Yeah, now now it's gone. So now <laughs> I want to talk about something like before we get stuck into this. Like I've been really flat the last few days. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've been doing some reminiscing, some reflections, and it's come to my attention that the community might not think about Damo's dollars as fondly as I do. You don't say. Yeah, it's sort of just come to my attention. And so I just wanted to put the record straight with some cold hard facts, okay? Yeah. The last Damo's Dollars we did, we got two out of four correct. Both incorrect games were sorted after the 90th minute. So Fulham conceded to Wolves in the 95th minute, which cost us the draw. And Leeds scored against City to win the game that cost us the draw as well. When I told you Leeds were going to draw with Man City, Woodrow, you laughed at me. You scoffed at me. And as that British uh, politician says, you were all laughing at me then. Well, I can now say you're not laughing now because I probably should have gone for a Leeds win that week. But you didn't. I didn't. But all I'm That's saying, probably why I scoffed at you. All I'm saying... Yeah, all right. <laughs> but all I'm saying is that there's merit behind these decisions. Yeah. And so the week before that... Inject that. We got three out of four and the only thing we got wrong was... Granite Shaka turning it over right in front of goal instead of in front of right in front of the Burnley goal and sco- and Burnley scored and Arsenal cost us the, the multi win. So we are in form at the moment, okay? And this is yeah. why this time today's picks are coming are coming good. Can I just say, like, the fact that we can probably guarantee with Damo's dollars at least one leg success, that probably says how good it is. I don't think we've ever got We've never got a zero. We've never got a zero. <laughs> and that, like, that's saying something. So either you place the multi, you place four individual bets, you're guaranteed to win at least one. Mm-hmm. What, right. more can you, what more do you want? Fair. Get Fair. into the picks, mate. First up. Yep. Tottenham to win versus Leeds, $1.95. There's actually a lot of talk about this back in January because I don't know if you remember, it was a 3-0 win to Tottenham and it was one of those ones where everyone knew Mourinho was going to destroy Leeds because it was just like you, if Mourinho could come up against a team... In his choice, it would have been the way Leeds played. Like, mm. it suited them down to a T. So, to no one's surprise, Tottenham ran right, 3-0, comfortable winners. Uh, this time around, they're obviously no Jose, which we just discussed. And the odds are showed, I think, a bit inflated for Spurs. But I reckon what I saw, Leeds versus Brighton, what I saw, what I saw yeah. on Saturday night, Leeds, 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 they're slowing down. Hey, shit. No good. And no Rafinha's actually really hurt them. Uh, Big time. Yeah, which, you know... No creative I don't think no Rafinha out of any team would, would have an effect. But mm. generally speaking, yeah, I think, I think Leeds are a little bit cooked. Uh, and Spurs, of course, still sniffing top four if they can you know, pull off a little bit of a miracle. So I think Spurs have to win this one and they will. $1.95, good value. Next Inject up, that. Wolves versus Brighton, draw. Now, I just can't not pick a draw here. Wolves had the most draws in the league last season. Brighton have the most draws in the league this season. Last four times they've played, they've all been draws. Guess what, Woodrow? Reckon this one might be a draw. $3.25. You're hooking that shit. <laughs> Next up, Liverpool win versus Southampton, $1.25. Now, this is a bit of a, you know, add, up, add the multi, put it in, because Liverpool just simply have to win. They, it's fucked. a non-negotiable. Five games left. Game in hand on Chelsea, as I said earlier. Seven points ahead of Chelsea, so they have to win. No shock to know Liverpool have won six of their last seven meetings. Yes, Southampton won the most recent one, but it was away from home. For Liverpool, Mo Salah has eight goals in his last seven meetings with Southampton. That's crazy stuff. That's nuts. Loves playing against That's them. nuts. Lastly, Crystal Palace to win versus Sheffield at $2.50. And that's because it's at Bramwell Lane. Yeah, look, Sheffield United are cooked. Palace dealt, them, Palace dealt with them pretty easily last time, 2-0 win. And 
look, in all honesty, Sheffield United have been the least for most expected uh, for expected goals in the league last month, and they've been the most expected to concede. Uh, see you, Blades. It's over. See you, mate. They're done. I'm, I know you're wearing your Sheffield United kit today, Woodrow, but I've got bad news for you. I think Crystal Palace are going to hand... I think everybody who plays Sheffield United from now on might hand them a bit of a beating. So I think they're looking forward to the end of the season just as much as anybody. I think so. I think, yeah, that's probably a good point. I, I, yeah, okay. They're cooked. Yeah. All right. I think the Palace winning against Sheffield's a, a good call. Yeah, $2.50, certainly value. Well, it's actually out to $3 now. Really? So I'm going to do your, your job again. Yes, um, because you. you forget it yet again. Yeah. Um, this multi is twenty three dollars seventy six. That's decent, mate. Take that, hundred percent. You take that because we're putting a thousand bucks in it. <laughs> twenty three thousand dollar return. How are you doing, mate? You lock that in. <laughs> you lock that in. We're buying a studio. <laughs> we're buying. We're buying Twitter followers so that we can start Twitter, Twitter buying spaces. Twitter followers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna buy out Errol's football contract. Yeah, and put, actually, you know what? Maybe be be, maybe Bev's contract. AFL exchange contract. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be on the exchange as a duo. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, right. let's bring this podcast to a close because we've rambled on heaps. We're as oh, usual. Geez. What a shit show! Absolute shambles. But Woody, if they want to hit us up on the socials, where can they find us? Mate, you can find us on Insta at Premier League Nightclub. Absolutely rocking at the moment on the Instagram. And you can find us on the TikTok. Been a bit slow. Yeah, I was going to say, probably can't say the same about TikTok. But I think we're still riding the success of like 40,000 views. Yeah. So once that wears off, more TikToks will come. Absolutely. But Damo, where can you find us on the other channels? On Twitter, at PL Nightclub. As I said, we def- desperately need a few more followers. So if you're listening, don't follow us on Twitter. Go do it right now. Wherever you're listening, click follow or subscribe. Obviously, these episodes of Just You and Me Woodrow aren't on YouTube, but all our special guest episodes are, so make sure to go onto the YouTube and, and subscribe there and comment, like, all of that. But yeah, until next time, Woodrow, hopefully we'll have an, a very special guest. We might even be doing a live show. Honestly, it's all up in the air at the moment, but we promise we'll, you guys will be the first to know as long as you follow us on the socials. Mate, hook that shit into my veins. Inject it. Inject it. I'm out, Damo. Guys, thank you so much for listening and thank you for the booking of the Premier League nightclub. Catch us, check us a follow and we'll see you next time. Ciao.